Hi everyone, good to see you again. Welcome to Stars and Stars podcast with me, Varun Kumar. This is the podcast where we get up close and personal with interesting founders and doers from the Indian startup ecosystem. On the podcast, we hear illuminating stories of entrepreneurship and the journey of building businesses. The conversational AI chatbot space has seen a lot of action across the world after messaging services like the Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp have started enabling success of such interactions at scale one of the leading players from india has been able to reach over 100 million devices and process over 2 billion conversations more recently they supported the government of india's my corona help desk in the wake of the pandemic incredibly fast and also scaled to more than 76 million messages also extremely quickly we chat with akrit vesh co-founder and ceo of haptic on the conversational ai space his startup journey and the sale to Reliance Industries in April of 2019 in a very very candid conversation let's say hi to akrit uh, akrit caught the conversational ai chatbot space quite early uh, as early as 2013 2014 uh, today haptic is probably one of the largest uh, providers of conversational ai in the world and uh, you know we'll talk a little bit about you know the amazing work uh, haptic has been doing uh, as part of the mygovs uh, corona help desk in early 2019 uh, haptic received a massive investment uh, from geo uh, from reliance geo and that's enabled them to reach a lot of users so we we'll talk about that as well during the episode today akrit is a sought after angel investor and also an advisor to a lot of startups so Hey Akrit, welcome to the uh, show. Hi Varun, uh, thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I know this has been overdue, uh, so I'm happy that we can finally do this. Absolutely, I think uh, COVID has uh, enabled us to do these kind of things more often, and and I'm glad you could join us uh, on this episode. So no, absolutely, uh, good. No, no. I was just saying thanks for having me, and yeah, super excited to uh, have this chat. You know, I was uh, generally, generally happy that Reliance was has been raising, making the waves in the last few weeks, right? Uh, with the different uh, deal flows, etc. Is any of that money flowing into your pocket? That was the whole purpose of the fundraise, man. You don't know that it was. Uh, it was. All- <laughs> it was all google facebook straight to akrit vesh's bank account uh, that you know the press release uh, would have said that i think you missed it um <laughs> uh, um no i mean uh, see look uh, it's it's been a very exciting time uh, uh, for the group in general um, and you know i think all of us uh, including including me uh, continue to be amazed by uh, what uh, what they can pull off and at the speed at which they do um, you know being uh, uh, completely transparent and, and i think it's it's fairly out there as well um, you know the way that we're all structured is that uh, you know geo platforms is the holding entity uh, which haptic is a part of uh haptic of course does a lot of work closely with geo platforms uh, but the mandate that we have is to try and build a large global business um and for us you know being sort of just just one step away from uh, G- uh, geo platforms means that uh, um you know uh, whereas 
there is no direct money that comes into the company as part of these investments it's the pool of capital that will then eventually get allocated to whatever business requires based on their growth needs um so it's great uh, it's a great outcome for uh, um for for us in general but also of course uh, geo and of course it's it's a it's a great story for india and in india at large thanks for sharing i i think it's important for a lot of people to understand also what it means to be part of uh, you know the geo group of investee companies uh, i know in the last two two and a half years they've invested in quite a few of indian startups to create that kind of a portfolio to support some of the things that geo has been up to uh, so thanks for the clarification was that part yeah. of also your you know i mean most founders don't necessarily want to uh you know they want to have good exits but also they want to be able to scale their businesses to new heights um was that part of the strategy to work with geo and and you know become part of the portfolio yeah so i think um, for us um, um I, when we started this process of uh, fundraising um we were very clear we wanted to actually find a strategic partner Uh, and at that point i'll be honest with you i was also open to all models um, i was fairly open to if somebody want to you know come sort of run this on their own if somebody wanted to acquire us somebody you know with the sweet spot would have been private equity investors coming in or vcs coming in i was quite open but i was very clear that we wanted a strategic because uh, uh, of just the space that we were in and i also felt that we would be we would need that help as we go along so uh, um when geo and sort of that deal came along and when we met them their model which is now become very popular like i said but at that time was was not was not so popular their model was that look what basically we will do is uh, um we will invest in the company you will uh, work closely with us on all the on all our projects but your goal has to be to build your own independent business so essentially for us uh, that's what we came in with um now obviously uh, what ends up happening is those are those are uh, those are things that you discuss during the deal and all of that but you also have to wait to see how it actually plays out right and i'll be honest our expectation when we were doing the deal was that look sure yeah we'll get to build a business and all but a large part of what we'll do is going to be very geo centric um uh, and is going to be very closely with reliance there might be a fairly tight integration as well that's the part that has been positively surprising for us over this last uh, year and a half or so which is that uh, you know they have genuinely at every single step um in in explicitly and implicitly through actions and through words uh, wanted to build a large business out of haptic um, so the idea is that the way they think about it is that geo is another customer for us of course it's a large customer and of course you have to do a lot of work uh, at geo uh but you have to build your own global independent business out and that's really the mandate so every single board meeting every single question every single review um the one question that i always get asked is where is revenue what does the revenue trend look like where do you see going from 6 months from now and what else do you need to become really really big really really fast um and uh, yeah so that's what obviously keeps us going and is the exciting part you've also got a lot of large enterprise deals that has really really changed the trajectory of revenue and and utilization of haptic as a platform how did you guys land a covid chatbot deal yeah with the government 
um that was uh, quite fascinating man uh, so basically you know so um i'll digress a little bit before coming back to this because one of the things that i have been really reading a lot about over the last 6 to 9 months particularly as we become a relevant saas company out of india you know i think i think before 6 8 9 months we were a saas company but i don't think we were big enough to be relevant right and honestly i was still learning the business uh, you might be familiar some others might be familiar that we didn't start the company as a saas company right we started the company as a consumer assistant direct to consumer uh, platform yeah we pivoted to this in late 2017 so till uh, till the god even after that i was still learning the business i think we really sort of started seeing the growth late last year uh, but as a result i've been le- reading and learning a lot about this over the last 6 months over this whole concept of uh, what you know people talk about platforms and ecosystems right which is that uh, uh, and salesforce of course has popularized this the most right where where you have the underlying platform uh, that provides all the capabilities and then the ecosystem players on top come in and sort of build out all the different pieces and take the platform to market uh, so with mygov something interesting happened because we do a, one of the ecosystem partners one of the ecosystem channels for us that has become very important is whatsapp so we do a lot of work on whatsapp uh, you know for implementing these chatbots for brands mm-hmm. and that means that we are obviously a close partner with whatsapp and this is all by the way before the facebook investment into geo you know now you obviously the partnership will mean a lot more um, but uh, you know because we are a close partner of whatsapp when sort of this uh, mygov opportunity came along uh, they basically the government asked whatsapp or facebook rather that who are some of your partners that you would uh, recommend and they gave them i think a few names four or five names and then they decided to pick us i think they also decided to pick us because of the geo relationship so back a lot of people ask me that how does the how does geo add value to your business these are the subtle ways right that uh, you know the large enterprises especially in emergency situations feel a lot more confident working with a geo haptic more than a haptic um, because then they have that brand confidence that you know you'll be able to execute and you're you're backed by somebody who who sort of uh, you know will go all the way to make sure this is successful so i think that's when they ended up picking us because of that relationship and then there was also people at uh, reliance who facilitated the relationship a little bit um and that's how it came to us yeah and uh, they came and said that look we want to build a covid-19 helpline on whatsapp for the government for which will be the national helpline and it needs to be ready in one week <laughs> so um you know as with as with these things go we could quickly sort of got on to it uh, helped them on the platform help build it and i think launched it in 5 days and then we built a hindi version of that in another 2 weeks oh wow uh, you know you bring up a very interesting point right when you look at strategics and and this is something a lot of entrepreneurs want uh, sometimes they shy away from them because they feel like maybe they lose control maybe they don't want to be a part of it but strategics typically end up helping you a lot more if you pick the right strategic right how do you have any framework that somebody could use uh, to find the a right strategic investor you know you that's an interesting question you asked because even before uh, the geo deal uh, we were invested into by times internet which was another strategic so 
What's interesting is that uh, in fact I was going to write a blog post on this at some point, but never came around to it. Which is how to work with strategic investors, what to look for, because I've fortunately or unfortunately had so much experience uh, working with them, and that two two large Indian enterprises, right? On one side you have Times of India, and one side you have Reliance. Um, so uh, long, lot of points, lot of pointers, lot of things to talk about, but. Uh, i guess i'll answer your question more specifically which is how do you pick a strategic so i'll tell you for us <clears throat> where we got lucky um in both cases in both the times case as well as in the case of reliance um and i think that is for me the number one thing that matters at least in india i don't know about others i don't know about how facebook or google might operate maybe slightly differently but in india it, they, this is what matters a lot um Uh, most of these companies right most of these large indian enterprises are very promoter driven um and that includes the new age companies to a certain extent as well right if you think about flipkart ola and you know we've all read the stories we've all seen the books uh, so you know they're fairly promoter led so what matters a lot i always think of a strategic investor like an like an arranged marriage situation where you as the startup founder or a smallish company founder have to see eye to eye and get along with the promoter and it might seem very intimidating because these promoters are you know very uh, uh very seasoned people and also they are celebrities in their own right right uh, but at some level you have to see eye to eye and you have to see that they believe in the business as much as you do and basically you're getting into a partnership with them right and it's your third founder that is coming on board or your fourth founder that's coming on board and that's the key thing to look for so in india if you don't get to deal with the founders or promoters directly at the strategics or at least don't get to work with them during the deal making phase i would be careful if you come in through the corporate development team or the mna team or things like that uh, i'm not so sure like that's some, that's one place where you want to be slightly careful uh, but if you if you do get a chance to work with the founders or the promoters do get to see their belief in your business um i think i think uh, you can get a lot out of it in your experience did you have to go through a certain process to to be able to have that conversation with the promoter um so again in both cases we were very fortunate both in times and reliance where our first meeting or introduction was directly with um the promoter level folks uh, because of just the way the introduction happened um also by the way you know very interesting right and it's more true in reliance's case than times the fact that the promoter wanted to have the first meeting already showed a big interest in the space and the business so that's a big validation right where if in case they don't want to and you know somebody else is talking or execs are talking then it may not be because they are promoter run companies it may not be something that's top of their mind or top of their interest areas and that's where you want to be careful in terms of how it pans out that's that's nice um in i'm just going to take a step back on your uh, covid uh, you know chatbot i read somewhere that you had 41 million conversations and 72 million interactions that's mind blowing 
how do you build for a setup like that and you said you built you got your team built this in a week yeah um so again <coughs> platform and solutions right so essentially uh, our platform has been built from day 1 to handle that type of scale so we don't need to do anything when i'm talking about that week we don't need to specifically do anything to manage scale i mean we had to do some things which is expand our containers and servers and things like that but it's not as if we have to put in like weeks of effort to handle that scale so the platform can handle that scale from day 1 um and uh, that's what made it possible for us to build it out in a week right because the platform already has a bunch of capabilities to handle that scale so yeah it was it was still mind blowing scale for what we have seen we've never seen this type of scale before um but fortunately we had the pieces in place to be able to handle it because in a country like india uh, a typical chatbot which is just a decision tree which which was the chatbot was for a long time right now there's a little bit more conversational uh, nlp being integrated um and there's so much more complexity for for you know the audience that we have uh, were were there any frameworks that you gave the team to be able to solve for it because you got to be extremely careful when you're dealing with say uh, queries that come for a pandemic right because it's a health related stuff a uh, lot of other things that go into uh, you know supporting these users so you know when one of the things that was super surprising for us was how hands on the government was on this um it was so to your point i didn't have to give any framework at all um because they were so hands on they were literally you know sort of uh, dictating every single message you said right it was initially a very decision tree driven approach they made the decision tree and gave it to us pretty much so uh, we don't have to do i mean i mean i didn't have to put in any framework in fact we were acting more as uh, okay look we believe this will not work that will not work but they were super hands on and uh, uh, they put a team of like some 10 12 maybe 15 people on it overnight uh, obviously this is all like imagine last week of march right everybody is just like what the hell is happening in our country right now so we're all sort of just running around figuring out what to do um and they put in a team of people we had a daily sync up we had a very very vibrant uh, whatsapp group of like some 30 people across both teams that were collaborating and exchanging stuff day to day and yeah shipping this in pretty much those few days so we were um like you like i said i didn't have to put a framework thankfully because they were so hands on including the uh, leadership in some of these teams uh great to hear i mean it it's nice uh, this is the second time i've heard uh, from a startup founder that whenever they work to the government um, or any of the you know segments of the government they have actually got extremely good support so you know at least as citizens you're probably happy that some of these things are working the way they're supposed to um but i'm i'm curious about the chatbot space right you've been in this for a while and i've you know as consumers you interact with Uh, i think the most common interactions are with uh, say make my trip as an online travel uh, agent or your bank uh, be it a hdfc etc but at least from my uh, viewpoint they're probably the dumbest uh, chatbots ever made right uh, they don't actually add so much value to my life um when do you think these chatbots are going to come come of age um is it is it because 
the teams are not equipped to build the right tools uh, and and make these important pieces uh, to their support system or do you see some other challenges that are plaguing some of the bots that are out there you know if i only had a dollar every single time this question was asked <laughs> you 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 were uh, mentioning before we started talking today that how you thought that you know one uh, i'm a billionaire because of jio uh, i swear i would have been a billionaire if i got a dollar every single time somebody asked this question which is i'm glad to be contributing chat- yeah when will chatbots come of age why do chatbots not work chatbots are so dumb uh our, our chatbots really going to work and i've been answering this for 7 years now so it's uh, um it's 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 crazy but look i still don't get tired of answering it because uh, uh this is a topic close to my heart so i'll tell you see what's happened is and it's funny that personally i have and haptic as a company has followed this this journey for many many years now right there was a thesis back in whatever late 2000s uh, that uh, it really first honestly first started with when siri became mainstream on all iphones right so let's date right. back a little bit to history uh, 2008 uh, iphone launch 2009 app store launch i think siri was available starting about 2010 or 11 right uh, saying that now this is a voice assistant on your phone on apple and you can chat with her and get things done they used to be chatbot by the way chatbots go back to the 80s there have been chatbots around since the 1980s right but this is when it became like oh wow this can actually be mainstream it was on every iphone and all of that that's that prompted uh, the first wave of companies trying to build uh, technology or things around this and we were part of that right there was i think when we started there was maybe like three or four companies globally who were toying with this space that boss you know there's something over here what can we do hmm. now the uh, unfortunate part for uh, everybody including us was that siri promised a lot but did not deliver right um and we also all saw that promise of siri and we believe this is how the world will look like you should just speak to your phone get it done no clicks no opening websites no opening apps um you know turns out that there were a lot of challenges with that and even till date now siri is not taken off in but i would argue that genuine number of conversations and interactions processed per month haptic must be doing more than siri now uh, you know a lot of people mess around with siri to just joke with her but how many people actually get tasks done uh, you know that's how much the world has changed in a decade right but uh, uh, so we all sort of started with this siri promised a lot delivered lesser and there were a lot of challenges right and if you you know we've all seen that uh, emerging technology graph right which is it goes to the peak of hype then goes all the way down to the trough of disillusionment and then yeah. there is sort of a steady state uh, uh, line uh, where uh, uh, it's finally emerging so this is exactly what happened with bots where because of siri and others it became like this is going to solve the uh, solve solve everything in the world they were overhyped did not work so now when they did not when it did not work everybody came back and said boss this is not going to work went all the way back down to saying chatbots are a fail chatbots are doomed chatbots are over this was around uh, 2016 yeah um, then 
you finally started realizing specific things for which chatbots are very good and that sort of trend started in about late 2017 okay but people said okay look it could be good for these specific things and let's sort of try and go tackle them and now today in 2020 i have at least 50 case studies of chatbots at scale which i can show have genuinely added value created roi and been a better solution to anything that existed before for that same problem so to answer your question chatbots have taken their entire journey and today we are at a stage where they are very good for specific things you have to build only for those specific things and do them really really well um if you shy away from it which people still continue to they may not work and if you don't build them well they may not work chatbots are as much a design problem as much a technology problem so you have to think through what to build how to build and then apply the technology on top uh thanks for clarifying now i i see i see where the light at the end of the tunnel is it's just identifying the things that you can solve um yes. using chatbots and you know it may not uh, you may have a, a hammer but not everything you see is going to be a nail um you did your bachelor's in the in the us you did your undergrad in the us um and you came to india to run Uh, a startup at least build their indian operations uh, back in the was that what brought you to india or did you feel like the opportunities in india were far greater hence you wanted to be in the ecosystem it was a latter so uh, it was a the flurry which was the company i brought to india it was actually a landing pad for me so the way that even happened so the way it happened is i'll clarify for you Uh, i went to my boss in san francisco at flurry and said i want to move to india now either you tell me i can move with you or i'll just move and i'll go do something else and that's when they said no no you know why don't you uh, you know we can do enough things over there why don't you sort of go build it out for us and uh, you know sort of you know let let's see how that works out um so yeah so that's basically when uh, you know we uh, uh we decided and i moved out to india to start flurry's india office but it was a what you mentioned a uh, large opportunity in india that attracted me to be part of the ecosystem act as a landing pad so that uh, um you know i have something to do for a couple of years before i start a company flurry was a a mobile analytics platform right um which yeah. was ultimately acquired by yahoo uh yeah and most company that get acquired by yahoo uh you know it's a, it's a very good exit for them uh, typically uh, at least started with uh, uh you know mark cuban uh, exiting to to yahoo uh, was it the same for uh, flurry early team founding team yeah it was i would say it was a good exit it was not a bumper exit i think that's the way to uh, think about it because uh, the company had raised a fair bit of cash over the years the company had also raised a fair bit of debt over the years so there was a lot of money to give back to the investors but for the founding and the early team it was a good exit so that also got you started with investing in startups right uh, yeah. back uh, back then so was that the impetus which led you to start investing uh, in as angels cuz you're a sort of uh, sort of angel investor uh, I don't know about that. 
Uh, no, it's fun working with startups. Yeah. So I'll tell you, it, this started in 2000 and 2012 was when I made my first investment. And why? What gave me the impetus was uh, there were there was there was a flurry piece, of course, and there was also uh, there was a couple of side gigs that I did while in San Francisco that uh, also did well for me. So there was a fair bit of cash that was. Uh, um, saved up and piled up and I was still 26, 27 that time. So what am I going to do with all of it, right? So uh, I think that's where it uh, started uh, that saying that, look, I'd love to I'd love to invest. And obviously my investing journey has really changed over the last eight years, right? Uh, like I said, it started in 2012. Um, but I was, you know, the way I invest, what I invest in, um, the reason why I invest, everything has changed so much in these eight years um, because it went from investing for fun um, back in the day to investing to be relevant, honestly, in the middle to investing to make money. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, that's really that sort of journey that, uh, and I always say this and I will say this till, uh, till sort of the uh, end of time which is that uh, anybody who invests any money in anything, when you use the term invest, you do it only to make a return. Don't, nobody should say I invest because I love startups. I invest because I want to help out entrepreneurs. That's great. You should do that. But if you're, in, if you're investing even 5 rupees in something, the purpose of that should be to generate wealth and income because you must respect money right no matter what you say so yeah it's been a it's been quite an evolution changed quite a bit and like i said it was for fun i stopped doing it in the middle on uh back in uh i think 14 15 16 i did basically nothing maybe like one or two investments this was the period where haptic was struggling a little bit so i wanted to kind of put that in place um then 16 17 18 did some more i obviously really uh, really accelerated that in the last uh, two years uh, ever since uh, of course the, the lions uh, investment happened and other things and yeah now i'm now i'm very active so in that phase when you were uh, trying to build haptic and you probably put in money uh, into that rather than invest uh, what were some of the challenges because at this point you know you worked with other startups you've uh, you know been part of a successful uh, somewhat successful startup flurry. Um, what were some of the learnings that you had during that phase? So this was that, I gave you the chatbot uh, journey, na, it went to hype and then back to uh, dud. It was, it was that period where it went back to dud. Yo, chatbots are doomed, chatbots are gloom, chatbots are a fail. Um, so that was, uh, this was that period. Um, what were the learnings? My biggest learning about building this company or Flurry or any others have been it is extremely like we talk about product market fit. I think it's product market timing fit, uh, which is the timing of which product you launch when matters so much. It's unbelievable, right? Um, and for us, we were early, right? Ideally, I should have started this company in 2016 uh, because that's when it became clear what chatbots may be able to do. The past three years, I just went through the whole hype cycle where, you know, at one point we had investors chasing us. Next day, we had nobody wanted to invest us, right? So it became sort of that up and down. 
in an ideal world the right timing was around 2015 2016 to really go after this problem uh, so my number one lesson and learning through all these phases have been time the market correctly yeah. that's like the look, nothing nothing matters more um, i think the team doesn't matter as much the market doesn't as matter as much it does all these things matter but just timing and making sure your product is ready today for the market and it is as worse being early as it's being late um you know a lot of people uh, say oh i was a lot of people very proudly say i was early to market because they think the meto i'm to i was a visionary you know uh, that's crap yeah. honestly yeah. Not, that's not correct right um, and i think i was as as dumb as anybody else to start this so early uh, when i should have waited some more time which are the other industries you think uh, are at that hype cycle has kind of dropped um would you say ai is one of those that is still because one one and a half years ago i think the whole conversation was around uh, ai and blockchain uh, these were two mm-hmm. things that were thrown around quite a lot blockchain uh, completely now nobody talks about it right but i think in the background there are a few companies being built on blockchain or, or for enabling blockchain that you know not a lot of people have heard about um what's your sense yeah so i think uh, <clears throat> blockchain is uh, is in that uh, sort of now went through last year that rough of disillusionment where everybody wrote it off but now some interesting companies and problems will come up um so i think blockchain is one uh, uh, i think ai uh, uh, i think ai um, you know my sort of uh, take would be that it's uh, it's very much still in hype mode but i don't think it's going to have that much of a um, what do you say uh, rebound back to say boss this does not work i think it will remain in that mode i'll tell you why because ai has gone through that journey before ai was first introduced or first as a concept in the 70s and the 80s right uh, and it went through that journey that time already where it got written off so now i think is ai's time to really you know sort of shine and uh, and there's going to be a lot of exciting ai companies being built one area which i think is going to be uh, is i think still slightly hyped and is just right now on its way down is the sinda voice space hmm i think the yeah. uh, whole voice tech voice assistant all of that uh, it got peaked it became like you know on twitter there was that what was that that uh, india is a land of what voice video vernacular right that was all v's v's yeah. v's Um, yeah i think voice uh, i am not so sure i think it's going to see it's it's going to come back down it's on its way down already like you got a lot lesser of voice uh, now it's video vernacular more um, and i think uh, i think then you'll see next year some really interesting use cases being built which are actually going to work with voice because the geo portfolio does have a couple of voice companies right um, vocal and um, one more Uh, no, no. Vocal is not a voice company. Exactly. Uh, vocal is not a geo company, rather. Okay. Yeah. So uh, geo. Port- yeah, yeah. So geo portfolio. I mean, technically, their voice companies. One of them is Haptic. So we also do voice, right? Uh, right. So eventually, I think Haptic. Eventually, Haptic will build out the voice portfolio. Also, there is no doubt. I am just waiting and watching. I am building out a few things in like my R and D side and trying to do some demos. 
but i'm waiting and watching on what this what this plays out i don't want to jump into the whole voice assistant hardware space very soon i think that uh, i think it we are watching this space very closely and i think there'll be a next year would be a right time to build a very interesting product here. amazing uh hey akrit uh, are you uh, hiring right now what's the post covid scene yeah we've now started hiring back again starting the first week of july very aggressively uh, we have i think some 15 roles open in the company uh, which is which is a quite a bit so yeah we are uh, we're hiring fairly aggressively now in the last sort of we just started in fact last week is when i really got back down to it what's what's the breadth of uh, roles they're looking for mostly on uh, you know engineering uh, on the servicing side uh, sales lot of stuff on sales and marketing actually so it's mostly all sales and marketing right now uh, sales marketing little bit of customer success but yeah mostly all customer facing roles uh, not so much uh, not so much engineering right now we i wouldn't say we are good on engineering we always need very high quality engineers uh, but we're okay i think we can uh, i think we're okay. we're sort of good over there for now but uh, the customer facing teams uh, because of the recent growth in business uh, we need a lot of people all right yeah okay thanks for uh, taking the time and sharing uh, the journey with with uh, haptic and uh, you know forward um if somebody had to reach out to you how would they do it uh email is the best um uh, it's uh, akrit@haptic.ai please stay tuned okay i will leave that in the show notes uh hey guys if you enjoy this episode don't forget to subscribe uh, to our channel so you can listen to a lot more amazing entrepreneurs like akrit right here okay stay tuned